I'd like to look this morning at uh, the book of Numbers, starting at chapter 10, verse 29. Numbers 10, 29. And as we have time, going through the 11th chapter. But Numbers 10, 29. And... Uh, as always, it's a real privilege and wonderful for me to be here with my wife and uh, to be with uh, beloved saints and people that we've known some, shall I say, 40 years almost. Wow. So Numbers 10:29, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for thy word. We pray that we might learn the lessons even here, and that we would draw closer to our beloved Lord, the Lord Jesus, who died for us, as we've just sung. And we pray thy blessing upon each one, and that your spirit might guide each one and teach each one and bless each one. And we ask it in the Savior's name. Amen. Uh, Also, after lunch, we have a lesson that, again, I stopped promptly, but at uh, 145, but uh, it's on 2 Corinthians, and... uh, uh, today we have a little pre-quiz on it for fun. Don't don't be nervous. You don't have to show anybody your paper. And if you get all ten questions right, you can leave. You can say, I know it all. But uh, looking at Numbers 10.29, starting. Uh, uh, it's basically, you know, about complaining. I don't know. I don't hear anybody. I, I'm not here long enough. I don't hear anybody here complain. And, and you don't seem to be the complaining group. So it's like what they call preaching to the choir, giving a lesson to people who don't need it. But maybe there's a secret complainer among us that we don't know about. So, And you don't have to come and confess it to me. But uh, 10.29, they're, they're leaving Sinai. They were given the Ten Commandments. What a blessing. They chop them off court buildings today, but uh, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder. What good things the commandments were. Numbers 10.29, And Moses said unto Hobab, the son of Rachel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are journeying unto the place wherein the Lord said, I will give you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good, for the Lord hath spoken good concerning Israel. By the way, you could say that to somebody, uh, invite them to the assembly, uh, invite them to the service where we remember the Lord. And uh, uh, notice he says, come, come, we'll do you good. Remember one of the uh, disciples asked the Lord, uh, and he said, well, come, follow me, see what it's like. And uh, I know some, I heard somebody say they were so excited, somebody invited them to see the Super Bowl, and the ticket cost a $1,000. But, uh, you know, if they meet the Lord, it's a lifetime gift. If they see the Super Bowl... They might leave early. So Hobab, notice that Moses, even though he had the guidance and presence of God, he recognized Hobab knew the area. Moses, you see, 
had never been to the promised land and uh, hadn't been, they're going to come soon to what we call Kadesh Barnea. And uh, it'd be nice to have somebody who could say, well, there's water over there. You have, you know, almost a million people. You have 600,000 men. There's water over there. And here there's mountains. You can't climb it. And here there's a desert that's uncrossable. It's nice to have a guide who knows And uh, we see a good example that Moses is wise and there's an area he doesn't know. And so he asks somebody who knows, who has experience. Uh, It's okay to get help. And he says, we'll, hey, Hobab, we'll do you good. God has promised to bless us, come for the blessing. And we can say that to the church. It doesn't matter who's speaking. It doesn't matter what's for lunch. Come and we'll do you good. Verse 30, first he says, I'm not going to go. I will depart to my own land. Verse 31, and he said, leave us not, I pray thee, for such as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. Uh, So at first, uh, Hobab is hesitant, but Moses says, uh, "We, we need you. You'll help us. And finally he goes. Verse 33, and they departed from the Mount of the Lord. That's from Sinai, three days journey. And the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them. Isn't that wonderful? God wants to guide. He showed he wants to guide us. He guided them, and they followed the Ark. Later, the Pharisees said, since the the first group of Judah was 1,200 paces behind the Ark, that a person on Sabbath could walk 1,200 paces, and that was all. After that, it was work. So they made, you know, this law over it. And uh, verse 34, and the cloud of the Lord was upon them by day when they went out of the camp and it went, came to pass when the ark set forward, Moses said, rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered. So apparently when the journey started, Moses didn't just say, you know, forward or something. He said, rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered because they're going to face the Canaanites. And... uh, Verse 36, at night when the ark stopped, when it rested, Moses said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thou sands of Israel. Be with us. And so Moses prayed for the Lord's presence. A good example for us. We should, when we do new or old things, we should ask, Lord, go with me. Lord, protect us. Lord, guide us. Verse chapter 11. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Notice God's attitude. This group had been blessed. They had been taken out of a world of slavery. They were slaves in Egypt. They worked until the Lord gave the Sabbath. They worked every day of the week. And now, and some were beaten and all of that. And now they're out of slavery. And remember the Lord gave them. They saw the Lord's power against the gods of Egypt when he smote the Nile, when he called the flies, when the the cattle had moraine, when there was darkness, and then at the Passover... They had seen the miracles of the Lord. 
with their own eyes, just like the people who saw the miracles of our Lord Jesus. They should have been thankful for everything. Delivered from slave, just like we should be thankful. Delivered from sin. The Lord died for us. But they're complaining. I hope nobody here is a complainer. I said I never complain, and my my wife says, oh, yes, sometimes you do. Well, we don't have to have a trial. But uh, sometimes people complain, they get in the habit of complaining. And uh, here, though, it's, it's a lack of appreciation to God. It's a lack of thankfulness to God who blessed them so much. They're out in the desert, and God gave them manna to eat. Remember, they're delivered. Otherwise, you starve. They're in the desert. They're, they're not, they don't have time to farm. And uh, so the Lord sustains them. I remember in the army, I used to like the army food. And uh, when we went on maneuvers, we had, now they call it MREs. Are you familiar with that term? Meals ready to eat. It's printed in all the plastic bags, meals ready to eat. So it's called MRE. When I was first a soldier, it was K-rations called. And in fact, we'd eat some cans that would be marked, uh, that were packed 30 years ago. They'd have the date and uh, they were still good. And tell you the truth, I never complained. I liked it. it. It was good to me. But some people always were complaining. But they, God sustained them. He gave them manna to eat. And you remember what manna was in Hebrew when they saw it? Uh, the Hebrew word for what is ma. And please, it's like na. So mana is really saying, what's this in Hebrew? Mana, what's this? What's everybody went over and said, mana, mana, what mana? And so it became mana, mana. And uh, they should have been thankful. The Lord is sustaining them. And But notice it displeased the Lord. God it was not pleased. You know, you look through the Bible. Now, God commends the prophets who speak against sin. God commends the, that's not complaining, but complaining. It's easy to say, Lord, why did you give this person more than me? Why, Lord, why is he taller than me? Why is she thinner than me? Why don't we have as much money as that one? And uh, it's easy to complain about the Lord. And now we have people complaining about their sex. I want to be a girl and I want to be a boy and uh, uh, complaining with their lot. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, 8, Paul said, having food and raiment, that's clothing, let us be there with content. Read yesterday, a a young girl, 24 years of age, won a lottery in London. She became a millionaire and she said it ruined her life. That is, she said she had a happy life working, go to work every day, and she was just happy with boyfriends and uh, said she had a happy life with the family. But now she says she can't trust any boy who dates her because they all want money. And she said the administration, everybody arguing about her money, she said she's miserable. Of course, most of us would say I'd like to try that at least. But uh, anyway, she said she's miserable and has an unhappy life since she won the lottery, where she was a happy girl before. But uh, 1 Timothy reminds us what's important. Uh, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. In 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. 
And we see today rioters and all of that, uh, unhappy and uh, breaking the law. Well, it says the Lord was displeased. Notice throughout the Bible, the Lord is displeased with the complainers. And his wrath, his anger was kindled. And verse 2, the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. So God honored Moses. And uh, But we see it, first of all, uh, God unhappy with the complainers, so ungrateful for all the blessings he had given, and we want to be thankful. Verse 4, the mixed multitudes that were among them fell lusting, and the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat, flesh to eat in the King James? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. My wife doesn't like cucumbers. How can anybody not like cucumbers? Well, that was under slavery. They should have said, thank you, Lord, we're out of slavery. We're not getting beaten. We're not getting cursed. But uh, they're suddenly, they're complaining about they want meat. They want diet. I, uh, when I first, uh, when I got out of seminary, I was the youth group leader at the church in Chester, Pennsylvania. And we took the, P, the young group to the Poconos. And we took them to a very fancy lodge in the Poconos. Got a good price. The meals were wonderful. And you know what? We had a, a few of them complaining about the food. And the interesting thing is I noticed that the complainers were not really people that ate great meals every day. They were kind of poor. And they, But yet, even though they were kind of poor and this was probably the best food they ever had, they were complaining. Uh, my wife has a battle with one of our granddaughters, who's 10. She's now looks over the labels and she wants to see before she eats, she wants to see the box to see that if the food is not, if the date, you know, when is the date of this? And there's a little kid and she wants to inspect uh, or when were, was this opened? And can I see the box to see that uh, the date, you know, it says eat before this date, open before this date? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Now, this is true. I had a rougher mother. I thank the Lord for my mother. She was my mother. I loved her. I loved her. I loved her. I complained once about breakfast, cornflakes, something, cornflakes again. My mother, I still remember, picked up the bowl. I'm not suggesting you do this. She picked up the bowl of cornflakes in front of me, and she threw it at me. She literally threw it, milk, cornflakes, sugar, all at me. It went high over my shoulder. We had blue wallpaper called Sanitas, and I can still honestly remember looking at the wall with milk running down it and cornflakes running down it. And uh, I didn't complain anymore. But she couldn't take the complaints. And complaining uh, runs you down. And uh, we see that Moses couldn't take it. Chapter 11, verse 10, Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly, and Moses was displeased. 
here Moses is trying his best. He's older. He's about my age. And uh, Moses said unto the Lord, 11.11, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight that you lay the burden of this people? Imagine when you try to help people and all they do is complain. Imagine when you try to help people and all they do is complain. I hope you don't complain to your wife about the meals. I hope you don't complain about this or that. But I, I, we're not getting into personal things. But the complaining not only displeased God, it ran, it tired Moses. It wearied Moses. It made Moses miserable. When you complain, you hurt the person to whom you complain about. And uh, Moses couldn't take it. Think of our Lord Jesus, the wonderful miracles he did, and they complained, and they complained. Think of the example also of our Lord Jesus when they said, you know, how will we feed this people, John 6? And the Lord said, well, what do we have? And uh, Philip said, well, we've got a young boy here that has two fish and five rolls, but what are they among uh, this giant crowd? And apparently the Lord said, bring him here, and he gave thanks. He gave thanks for the two fish and five loaves. And we see that God can multiply. God will take the little we have that we dedicate to him with thanks, and he can use that and multiply it and strengthen it. And God can take your words that you witness to an unbeliever, and he can make them powerful even though you may not or I may not know what to say in a right way. But Jesus gave thanks. And so we see that uh, Moses just said in verse 11, I can't, I can't take it anymore, Lord. And verse 12, have I conceived this people? Now Moses is complaining about, about the complainers. Now I don't know if complaining about complainers is chargeable complaint. But we see the, how you can run somebody down. We had, when I taught at Miami Christian College, uh, there was an English teacher. I don't know if you ever had a Myra, but there was a wonderful English teacher we had, and they had a student skit that kind of playfully made fun of him. And I remember, you know, he could have laughed, but he said that well, it was my best students are making fun. And he quit teaching and he moved to California. Absolutely true. Said to me, I, I can't take it. He said, I said, well, you don't have to be so, you know, I said, forget it. They still love you. He said, no, that was my, I remember his best student played him. And he says, no, they're complaining. I'm leaving. I said, that's crazy. But he left. He really left. Moved to Sacramento, California. It hurt, it hurt him so deeply. Of course, we need to be tough. You know, and do we have to tell the president that? We need to be tough a little bit. You can't be hurt by every complaint. But complaints hurt. But complaints against the Lord, complaints against God's provision is sinful. And so uh, it's just tearing Moses down. And uh, they said, oh, we, we missed the meat, the flesh. Verse 13 
When should I have flesh to give all the people? Moses says, what can I do? They're complaining. They want meat. I don't have any meat to give them. And uh, verse 14, I'm not able to bail this people. He says, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. Do you ever meet anybody subdued by complaints? Verse 15, and if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee. Well, Moses, calm down. But Moses is saying, take my life. Moses is really getting into a depression over complaints. And you know, you can make somebody depressed by complaining. And on the other hand, I remember reading, you know, uh, I try to say nice things. I read the book years ago, How to Make Friends and Influence People. And basically, it, 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 believe it or not, it kind of changed my life because I was a complainer and a whiner. And it made me realize that you ought to say nice things to people when you can. We're not talking about lying or we're not talking about manipulating, saying something nice in order to get something. That, you know, we don't want to, that's wrong. But Moses actually in verse 15 says, if, if this is going to continue, kill me. Take my life. I don't want to live any longer with this complaining group. You know, some mothers, of course, a mother has to teach you know, you don't have to go, you don't have to throw a ball of cereal at the person. I don't recommend that. But you have to teach, mothers have to teach their children not to complain. And uh, because it can get you down. And uh, certainly we want the husbands not to complain because then the kids pick it up. And we don't want the wife to complain. There's some husbands that uh, the wife is always complaining. And now somebody might say, well, there's reasons to complain. But we're not going into the personal We're speaking in generalities. Verse 16, And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel. So you need a lot because it's a big group. Gather seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be of the elders of the people, officers. Bring them over the tabernacle, that they may stand with me. Verse 17, And I will come down and talk with thee there. And I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee that thou bear not thyself alone. So God is now going to put his spirit upon 70 so that, hey, if you have a problem and if you're in the tribe of uh, Judah, we now have like five people in that tribe. Go to them and tell them your story first and they'll pray with you and uh, don't complain to Moses. And don't start trouble. You know, there's a group dynamics. Like we see how these crowds are acting who are... In crowds, people act differently. Some people who are quiet individuals in a group will start screaming and cursing and throwing things. They're what we call group dynamics. People behave differently in groups than they do individually. And uh, we don't want to... And so parents need to teach the children. But God says we're going to Moses. Moses needs some help. We need to defer some of this attack against God that's coming to Moses and start diverting it. We're going to have 70 people. And God puts his spirit upon them. Verse 18 says sanctify themselves. And uh, that happens. And uh, you see God... God knows our needs, and God provides for them. And so now he's giving Moses helpers. He's giving them Hobab to lead them in the wilderness. He's giving them, of course, the ark leads them, and he's giving them 70. Now, you realize, do you not, 
It's no accident that our Lord picked 12 disciples because, you see, Israel was going to be replaced. Now, we're not talking about replacement theology. God still will save Israel. He's going to deliver Israel one of these days. But for the last 2,000 years, we're focusing on the church, the believers throughout. And so Jesus picks his 12 because the new covenant, in a sense, is replacing the old covenant and replacing the 12 tribes. Symbolically, we have 12 uh, disciples. And one of them, of course, Judas went astray. And we remember the tribe of Dan went astray. But remember, now in the Old Testament, God picks 70. Now, do you remember that Jesus... Uh, in the New Testament, in Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10, it said Jesus appointed 70 to go out, beside the 12, Jesus appointed 70 to go out and tell the good news. The Messiah has come and uh, the new covenant is arriving. They didn't all understand his death yet, but he appointed 70. Why did he appoint 70 instead of 50 or 60? You see, he, the New Testament is replacing, in a sense, the old. For the law came by through Moses, but grace and truth came through our Lord Jesus Christ, our redemption. Our Redeemer was here. And so the 12, we have 12, 70 under Moses, and now Jesus appoints 70 to go out and give the good news. And you see, he's doing the same numbers in a uh, to show this. And uh, then... The Lord says, well, they want meat. We'll give them meat. And verse 18 says, sanctify the people. Tomorrow you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you flesh. You shall not eat one day or two days or ten days, but a whole month. Because you've despised the Lord, which is among you. You've despised the Lord. They're complaining about God's provision. Lord said, you want meat? I'll give you meat. And Moses, verse 21, says, wait a minute. <coughs> you, you have said, Lord, forgive me. Moses probably said it apologetic. Oh, God, you've said you're going to give them meat for a month. Uh, uh, there's so many people. Uh, how about just an appetizer one day? You know, how, how can even God do this? And uh, God apparently prepared the uh, flocks and flocks of uh, birds and the quail. And verse 20 says, you're going to have it even in a whole month until it come out of your nostrils and be loathsome. You're going to get sick of it. I'm going to give you so much meat, you complainers. I once complained to my mother about junket. You know, junket, I don't know if you ever tasted it. Junket was my favorite dessert. It's like a milk it's like a pudding made of milk. It's a light pudding. They, they sell tablets you put in it. It still is my favorite dessert, junket. And my wife has made it sometimes. It's really good. If you haven't tried it, try it. I think it was a favorite in Havana, perhaps. But uh, my mother made me, when I said, oh, more junket, she made me a bucket of junket. I'm telling you, it was in a bucket, a, a whole big thing of junket. And I got tired of junket. 
It was just so much. We had junk it the whole week. And uh, I got tired of it. So the Lord says, I'm going to give you this. And sometimes, you see, we complain and the Lord gives us some, you know, it's just like a mother knows the child may want matches and the mother knows not to give. And sometimes the Lord knows that we may ask for something and later on in life we look and say we're better without it. And uh, the Lord gives it to them. Verse 23, And the Lord said unto them, Moses, is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass or unto thee or not. The Lord is able to answer prayer. We say that God is immutable. His holiness changes not. But he's not immovable. He says pray. Prayer, God wants to answer prayer. God will change things. God can answer prayer. Jesus said we ought to pray to him. Like a woman who bothers a judge, finally the judge says, okay. God answers prayer. And so uh, it says in verse 24, they gathered the 70 men and uh, these prophesied showing uh, that they had the spirit of the Lord. In 11.26, it says two of the men were over in a separate section right outside the camp and they were prophesying. Even gives their names. Verse 26, Eldad and Medad. And uh, Joshua, the verse 28, it was told Moses, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and said, my Lord Moses, forbid them. They're not with the regular crowd here with us. We've got two guys prophesying out there. Moses, tell them to stop. And Moses said, verse 29, Joshua, envious thou for my sake, that's nice, would the God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put a spirit upon them. Uh, Moses said, Joshua, leave them alone, it's okay. That's not the problem. Let them prophesy. Meaning they were saying, oh, thank you, Lord, and saying, let us do this for the Lord, and we preach, thank you for bringing us out of Egypt, Lord. And they were prophesying, and... Uh, Joshua said, tell them to be quiet. They're not of our group. And Moses said, no, that's good. Do you remember we have that same kind of thing that is told us in Luke chapter 9 and in Mark chapter 9, where they came to Jesus and they said, we've got a couple guys out there, you know, giving thy word and telling about you and all that, but they're not of our 12. They're not of our group. Tell, uh, forbid them, Lord, uh, give us the word, and we're going to tell them to shut up. And the Lord said, no, forbid them not, for he that is with me is not against me. And you know, that tells us. My, I remember my wife heard a, not all Baptist preachers are like that, but this one Baptist preacher announced that he thought only Baptists would be in heaven. Well, that's very... That, you hardly find somebody like that. That's very, very narrow. Maybe he was just joking. But it's easy to think that only, you know, we're to love Christians, not just our own group, but some people are so denominationally fixed that they don't see outside their own group. After the Crusades in history, remember from uh, 1096 through 1300, the Crusades, the Pope 
started another crusade against what we call the Albigenses. The Albigenses were Christians who were not part of the regular church. And instead of saying, well, praise the Lord, uh, let them, they're praising God, good for them, let them be, that's okay. They ordered them to, to be killed. They sent a regular crusade against the Albigenses because they were really preaching Christ outside of the established church. Certainly wrong and sinful. Certainly wrong and sinful. So we remember, of course, we're brethren, but we remember, hey, there's a lot of other good Christians in other groups. And there's some groups with problems. But we move on. Uh, Verse 31 goes back to the quail, and it went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp, as it were, a day's journey. And it says, uh, verse 31, and there, it was as if two cubits high. In other words, there were piles of these quails just blew in, just blew in. Uh, we've seen around Miami, uh, sometimes when the starlings come, you can actually see literally a couple million starlings. And uh, the people stood up all day and all night, verse 32, and they gathered the quails, and the one that gathered the least gathered ten homers, ten like little bushel baskets. <coughs> verse 33, and while the flesh was yet between their teeth, even it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled, and the Lord smote the people. We see God was not pleased with the complainers. They should have been thankful they were brought out of slavery. They should be thankful instead of starving, he gave them manna. And the lesson for me and for all of us is be thankful for the measure of blessing the Lord gave us. We don't be covetous of others. And uh, let us thank the Lord and pray uh, when we need more. But the Lord was unhappy with them, or that's maybe the wrong words. And uh, they called the people, the place Kibroth Hateva, verse 34. Kibroth is the same root as Yom Kippur. Yom, day, Kippur, covering. Spelled a little differently with a bait instead of a pay. But uh, it it was Kibroth Hateva is... uh, the covering of, uh, and sometimes that word is used for graves, when they cover up a body, a grave. And the day of atonement is the day of covering of sins, the Yom, day of Kippur, covering. And Kibroth, Ot is the feminine plural. Today in Israel they would pronounce it Kivarot. But in the King James time, they pronounced these Hebrew words kivaroth with the T-H. And uh, it's a plural coverings of desire, of lust. You know, graves, graves of desire. The people desired the wrong thing and the Lord smote uh, many of them uh, in a harsh judgment. But, uh, and the people journeyed from Kibroth Ateva unto Hazaroth, and they abode at Hazaroth. So we see uh, uh, sharp lessons here. Uh, complaining against the Lord is a serious business. 
And the opposite, of course, is that we should be grateful. Grateful for Jesus undergoing the pain and suffering and dying for our sins. And, of course, people who reject Jesus. It's the height of complaining. It's the height of rejecting God is to reject so great a sacrifice that involves such suffering and intense pain to save us, to cleanse us, and to walk and, and to re- reject that is the the premier sin above all the sins. And uh, in a sense, if a person dies that way, unforgivable. But uh, let us remember, having food and raiment, let us be content. Let us teach contentment. We wish we could teach it to all America, where we have so many people and... Uh, Millionaire stars that are uncontent and unhappy and uh, such as that. Well, let us, uh, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the wonderful, wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Help, help us, Heavenly Father, to always be mindful that He bore the pain for each of us individually that our sins might be forgiven, that our punishment that we righteously deserve might be upon him. Help us to love him more for what he's done for us. Heavenly Father, help us to love you, to be grateful for the salvation that you have given us, for the manna for our souls, for thy word, for giving us such delightful fellow Christians and nice people to mix with and families and the blessing of uh, lovely children, and the blessing of your word, and in this country, the blessing of being able to meet and to worship thee openly without fear. And Heavenly Father, we pray that uh, you might garner before you come even more thousands that might believe in thee. And we pray for those locked in the error of Islam, that they might believe in the Lord Jesus, their eyes might be opened, that... Jesus is the Savior and not Muhammad. So bless and dismiss us with thy blessing and uh, help us to be thankful. In Jesus' name, amen.